Hi, friends and colleagues. It's Nikki from Full Voice Music, and this is the Full Voice Podcast, episode 127. On today's show, we are talking to expert voice teachers, Eden Castile and Wendy Jones, about low latency technologies and how they collaborated to discover, test, and conquer new platforms for their students. To Kenya Battle shares her all-time favorite music teaching apps. Yay! Social media expert Karen Michaels is inspiring us to use live video on our social media channels. And we are starting a five-part series with business expert Michelle Marquardt-DeVoe about starting your own voice studio business. Resource, teaching tips, inspiration, and fun right here on the Full Voice Podcast. Well, hello there, my voice teaching professional friend. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Full Voice Podcast. I have a fantastic show for you today. Our theme is technology. If you are curious, cautious, or maybe you are cursing the technology in your studio, I guarantee, I promise you, you will feel empowered after listening to our guests on the show. Our first interview is with incredible voice professionals, teachers, Eden Castile and Wendy Jones. Now, both of these wonderful women are members of Nats, but Eden is a seasoned performer, pianist, producer. She has an independent studio in Wakefield, Rhode Island, and Wendy teaches at voice programs at both Western Carolina University and Brevard College. She also runs her own private voice studio. Both of these women are active performers and And this past summer, they both collaborated. They're like 900 miles away, but they they connected and um, they collaborated, investigated and tested many of the low latency platforms. Uh, Now, I know most of us didn't use the word latency until about six months ago. So this is a timely episode. So today they are sharing their experiences, the good, the bad and the break breakthroughs and how they are moving forward and so important how they are supporting their students and their studios with new technologies. Welcome to the podcast. Today I have Wendy Jones and Eden Castile. Ladies, how are you? Hi. Hi. Hello. I am very excited to speak with both of you. Uh, This is a hot topic right now. And uh, we're all looking for and investigating uh, low latency technologies. And this past summer, you both partnered together and you were trying and testing out some of the new technologies that are available. And while we can all honestly say that there's still so much to learn and there's new stuff popping up all the time, I'm very interested in I I'm very interested in letting people learn a little bit about what you've discovered working together and how you collaborated together and then some of your feedback on these technologies. So I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Wendy. So Wendy when we went online 
and you realized that we needed to, uh, we had, there were some challenges in teaching online. Uh, what was your motivation for trying to kind of learn more about the low latency technologies? Well, when we shift, I, I teach at a, as you've already mentioned, I, I have a two adjunct college gigs and I run a private studio and I found March and April to be absolutely exhausting trying to do uh, lessons in a traditional way online. It just, it, it was just hard and I was exhausted. And I think most teachers were. And I, I stopped my lessons at the end of April to take May off and regroup. And um, then I went to the Nats online conference and I heard as so many of us did the presentation on options for making music online. And there was, seemed to be a lot of excitement around that. And I realized that I had been resisting technology uh, myself. I wanted something that just plugged and played. I didn't have to think about. I didn't want to read. I didn't. I just needed something to work. <laughs> and I started to realize that the experience for myself and my students was going to be equal to the effort that I put into it. So if I wanted a better experience, Experience. I needed to go searching and be willing to put some time into it. And uh, I started to, and I have found some things that I've been inspired by and I've dug very deep into other things that haven't worked for me yet. But I, I'm just learning not to give up because um, I want to enjoy the teaching and I want my students to enjoy their lessons. And any way that I can adapt to make it um better for them and for myself in this time, keep the music playing as it were, I'm down for that. I just needed an attitude adjustment myself. And I think that's the most important thing. Maybe one of the most important things we can teach our students in addition to music is to have an open mind and be able to embrace new technologies, embrace new things, and be willing to try things, be willing to fail, and we'll learn from all of that. So I thought there were lessons in there for myself and for my students beyond just making music online. Well said. Well said. Okay, Eden, when, uh, when the world shut down and your busy studio had to go online... How, how were you able to manage it? Uh, about 30% of my studio had already been online prior to the pandemic, mm. uh, but then it was 100%. And just like Wendy, I uh, spent that first March and April uh, in triage mode. We all did. And I was part of, uh, I remember that very well, the, the first weekend, I think, after it all hit, that Nats had an emergency Nats chat, and I was part of that to talk about online resources. And when I was listening to everybody else talk, it made me realize that there were some resources I hadn't tried yet that I needed to try immediately. Not everything worked, uh, but I decided it was spaghetti and I just had to throw it against the wall and see what was stick. <laughs> I love and, that. I love that. Yeah. And it wasn't personal. It was what's going to work, uh, what works for me right now. And it, it was really fun to explore that. I think uh, Wendy and I both have this, this spirit of exploration and that we try it out with ourselves and we try it out with our students. Um, I was worried. I was worried I was going to lose students right away or that somehow I'd be stopped from doing all this. But um, I changed my attitude. So I had planned some in-person events and all of those became online events. And even the online events became recordings. And I decided that the best way for me to test out all this technology was to use it myself and try it out. And I actually realized I had a lot of it already sitting on my desk. I have a, a wow. Mac desktop 
Yeah. And I just used the programs inside there, GarageBand and iMovie. And I had used them somewhat before, but I had never really made a MIDI recording. And I had MIDI cables mm-hmm. and I had a MIDI capable keyboard just sitting there. So all I had to do was get on Amazon and buy some MIDI cables. And suddenly I was creating arrangements and charts. Wow. And so I was, it, it felt like using skills that had been kind of in these different corners of my brain. And it was a chance to start putting them together for myself and to benefit my studio. So now I feel like I can do anything. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought a pandemic would make me feel like there were things I couldn't do, but actually it just makes right. me feel, oh, there are so many things I can do. And it took a mm. pandemic for me to actually start doing it. How about that? Oh. <laughs> uh, well said and so inspiring. And I think I think a lot of teachers have discovered that. We've come out of the we've come out of the fear part. And now we're, we've been forced, I'm not, I'm going to use that word. We've been forced into trying new things. And I agree with the attitude change. I, I was at, at the beginning of the, you know, when I was doing the online teaching and we were, I was like, there's no way I'm doing an online recital. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, I do, there's no way. And then of course I did. And it was amazing. And all my families loved it. So the attitude, ha- attitude is everything. Now I would love to know how you, how you, uh, start, you collaborated and which technologies you started to play around with when you were working. So, so Wendy, I'm going to ask you, how did you collaborate with Eden? And then, and we'll go from there. Well, I'm a member of the Speakeasy Cooperative and, um, a newer member. Eden's, I think a founding member. And, um, I saw her, I can't exactly remember who reached out. I'm thinking it was her saying, you know, anybody want to try something out. And I said, I will. And then it just started with the private messages. The first thing we did was uh, clean feed, I think we tried, yes, way back. And she made a video and she posted it online. And I was amazed. I think maybe the first thing we got was a picture because we didn't know and, and an audio because we did she didn't know neither of us knew how to capture video from that too. She's since figured all that out. I've not been able to do that yet haven't tried but um then we yeah clean feed was great then we did clean feed with video then we started playing with sound jack and then um i had a friend of mine in texas who wanted to play with sound jack too and i said well why don't all three of us try and so we've done that and i think they've done some things too without me it's just been it's been fun and we're expanding our worlds um you know doing all that and it's it, it's interesting so for me that it it's given me hope i think it goes back to what eden was saying she sounds i feel like when it happened she's had i didn't correct me if i'm wrong eden but you still had this positive growth mindset and i think initially i had this defeatist like i'm depressed and then mm-hmm. i I, d- I had to make that decision. Well, you're going to live in this world now. So you're going to live in this world be- mourning what passed. Or are you just going to try to jump in? And so I feel like Eden has been really good for me because when I feel like I'm getting too low, she lifts me up. And uh, it's so it's been good to collaborate, not only to develop these techniques, but like personally, it's nice to have um, support as we go through this this time. So I think that's how we started. And she can speak more to the details of um you know, how she, how she's put all these videos and all this cool stuff together. But I think that's how we started. Yeah, eating. It is. And you're so sweet. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> you know, when we started in March and April, I tested out technology just with students. And I mean, everybody who's listening probably knows this. The students were just as overwhelmed as we were. 
So I told myself I can only try out one new technique with the students per lesson or even every couple of lessons because they needed that time to get up and running. I didn't want to ask them to buy anything. So Mm -hmm. it was strictly using what we had. So that's a lot of Zoom, FaceTime, Google, you know, Hangouts or Meets because that's what we were already using. I was already a Zoom customer. I gradually began to upgrade my own stuff and my students noticed and so with each little change that we made, we just you know, kept on getting a little more involved, a little more involved. Then a few of my students asked me, well, if I wanted to buy a mic, what would I buy? Which forced mm. me to go and look all that information up. I hadn't thought about this. I was, I was, still, I was doing technical things before the pandemic hit, but this you know, amped it up by about 10,000. Uh, mm. So I did all that with my students. And then when that project ended, we did a recording in June called Six Feet from Stardom. It was an online album. Yeah, really fun. Uh, Then it was, well, what am I going to do now? It's summer. My students are beginning to scatter. And I also need a little bit of a rest. So I thought, I want to test this stuff out, but I don't want to force any of my students to have to test it with me. And there was Mm -hmm. Wendy. And so, (laughs) yeah, kind of talking about the same thing inside Speakeasy Cooperative. And I could see a few other people um, on other, um, you know, online uh, areas uh, talking about things, especially our friend Ian Howell uh, was talking about it and just beating the drum. So, Mm -hmm. well, let's test it out with somebody who feels similarly, who's willing to experiment, who won't get defeated right away, uh, and who also understands how important it is. So, you know, Lewis had Clark. So I have Wendy. And we were willing to explore. It was great. So nothing ever got her down. I mean, maybe initially it did. But then when you're in this state of exploration, you kind of forget there's a pandemic going on just for a little, which Mm -hmm. is great. And you're just sitting there trying stuff out. And it never works the first time. So uh, there's just a lot of things that we tell our students, Wendy and I had to tell ourselves and each other, let's try again. Okay, well, <laughs> we just recorded an hour of really great singing, but we had no idea how to actually record it. So it just looks like us lip syncing to nothing. Okay, let's try that again. Okay, see you tomorrow. And we did that over and over again. <laughs> so we learned a lot. Um, our friends in the audiovisual world have already done this. But most voice teachers and music teachers don't have to go through this. All we do is sit in the studio and we don't have to deal with this. Now we all have to. And I know that there's an underlying worry in some people that, oh, no, we're never going to go back to where we were before. Nobody's going to want to have an in-person lesson again. I don't think that's the case. Mm -mm. I think as soon as we can, we will go back to that. But we will appreciate everything that audiovisual people do for us because we will have had to do a little bit of it. And we'll understand its importance. So I'm really grateful to have had the time to learn all these things and grateful to have Wendy, you know, as a partner. I mean, every time you put out a call online for people to do things, sometimes you don't get a crush of people coming back unless you're Eric Whitaker. You get <laughs> just like um, you know, an occasional person who will say, OK, I'll try it. And then maybe they're not they're not free that day or they back out because they're scared. That happened a lot. But Wendy was willing to do it. And then her friend Amy uh, also as well. And Amy's friend Twyla. And so we developed this little pod. And each of us were sharing what we knew. So we didn't feel so alone that, oh, I just have to sit here and explore all this stuff. I will tell you, for the first two months when I was exploring all this stuff, I was alone. And I got nowhere. It was really having Wendy be able to do it. I got on Soundjack. I read Ian's materials that he started to put out in March and April about these programs that have been around for 10 years that nobody was using. All of this stuff we talk about has been around. It's stable. And 
but I couldn't get anybody to test it with me until Wendy. And it's so now, fun. That some of the stuff that we've done, I just I thought back how we got on clean feed about a couple weeks ago. I got an account and I said, let's uh, let's try four people, you and Amy and Twyla, and let's see. And we were there and we were talking and experimenting with latency. And after the session ended, Eden was like, do you want me to record that or put that on? I said, no, I just wanted to see if it would work because like we're at that point now. It's like, I don't I don't even know if I could use that. I just wanted to know if it was possible and and stash it away. So some Sometimes it's oh, just it. for info. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Now, Eden, what was the first piece of technology that you you were testing out with Wendy? Was that SoundJack or was that CleanFeed? I think it was CleanFeed. I, I so. had had okay. no success on SoundJack at that point. Okay. I had tried it a bunch of times and I tried it with Ian. But um, a lot of these do require you to know a little bit about your own computer, your own router, your own equipment. And I was still in that learning phase. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't also you know, read a lot of the stuff. Like every teacher in the world, I wanted something that would solve it instantly mm-hmm. and realized after the first go round that that wasn't going to work. So I decided take the time and read up on it. It's more fun if you have a little reading group. <laughs> I went in, I did. <laughs> um, but I think it was clean feet at first because that felt the easiest to, uh, to go with. Um, easiest to kind of to try with. And it is, it's a very Mm -hmm. easy audio only program. It does reduce latency, which is the speed, you know, between connections. It doesn't reduce it completely, but Wendy and I found that it reduced it enough that we were able to do some vocalizing and a few songs that didn't require a strict beat. And we were thrilled that that happened. So we put up our results online so everybody could start to see this is what we did. Here's how it might work for a studio. When you were first using CleanFeed, what were some of the what were some of the results? What were some of the challenges? What did you see? I I mean, for me, I was thrilled the first time because it it was so much lower latency than Zoom, and as Eden uh, stated, we were able to you know do make some music if it was it had a little bit more flexible tempo. Also, uh, for something that had a really, really steady beat and you felt really like your student on the other end, like she played for me and I played for her. And we knew mm-hmm. that the other person was going to keep on going. In that situation, it seemed to work well. But uh, I do think sometimes teachers hear low latency and they think, oh, this is going to solve everything. And, and it doesn't. I still require my students uh, to have, especially the younger ones, to have their accompaniment on their end because okay. they will slow down because they'll start hearing me and they don't have the musicianship skills yet or the trust to just go, I know she's going to be there and it's going to all work out in the end. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm I more successful with that with adults um, playing like some jazz stuff or ballads. With my students, though, my, you know, 13, 14-year-old students, when I used Clean Feed the first time, we did Clean Feed for audio, and then we used Zoom or Jitsi Meet, that's something else for video, and I talked them through it, and the thing that was so important to me there is that, yes, there is still latency, but when that mm-hmm. 12-year-old smiled at me and said, it feels like a real lesson again, oh. that made everything worth it. Because what it does is you can talk over each other and it's not going to oh. cut out. So it's like you're talking on the telephone. So she can, I can interrupt and she'll say, oh, okay. And so that makes it feel a little bit more real. And that mm. is valuable to me. So that's why I use it. It's not because it's going to make music in real time. It's because it feels more like a real 
in-person interaction. I love it. What about for you, Eden? What did you notice with the clean feed in the beginning? Uh, exactly that. The fact that you could uh, sing uh, harmony mm. and you could hear it. You could hear the other person. Felt like they were in the room with you, which was wonderful. It's not the answer to everything, but it's a recommended first step. So if I had a student for whom Zoom is okay but not great, I might ask them in the middle of the lesson. I might send them the link in the Zoom chat. Here, let's get on clean feed. So then you must mute your Zoom. Or you're going to get an echo immediately. And then mm-hmm. they can hear the difference themselves. Uh, wow. some, some students and parents, it's like, just get on Zoom. Get your lesson over with. Then we do the next thing. <sighs> but when you show them in the lesson, like, okay, we're going to learn a little bit of new technology today. This time it's an audio upgrade called Clean Feed. Uh, then they're having a better lesson experience. Uh, they're happier, right. you're happier. Clean Feed also has a really uh, robust recording so you can instantly mm. click in there and then it gets sent to the student what within what five seconds, ten seconds? Whereas Zoom has to render and send if you Yeah, if you, it, I think it's a they it renders an MP3, you know, within thirty seconds and then I can I'll shoot that off in a text and now they've got it on their phone and they can listen to their lesson anytime they want. That's so if you, a great feature. If you were recording audio for your students before and you've missed that, CleanFeed is a great option for you. So there are, basically you can think of as a teacher, there are a whole bunch of video options. All of them mm-hmm. can work. All of them have benefits and drawbacks depending on what you're doing. And there are several different audio options, audio options and then several different video options. You can mix and match them according to your studio, your computers, uh, your uh, processing speed. All of those come into play. So if you're looking for an all-in-one solution, no, they don't exist. Um, Mm -hmm. Zoom Mm -hmm. is your all-in-one, but it has a lot of drawbacks for musicians that we are all familiar with now. But if you're looking to upgrade, you can test out um, all of these different ways. And just, you know, one lesson at a time or one student at a time. Find the student who's already really techie and work on it with (laughs) them. That's my advice. That's a great tip. That's a great tip. Find that that fearless, tech-friendly student and dive right in. Mm -hmm. Now... Uh, what was your experience with SoundJack? So for you, Eden, you said it didn't work with for you right in the beginning. In the beginning, it didn't. I worked on it with uh, our friend Ian Howell, and he he took so much time. He has given hours of his life to many of us over these past several months, and we are grateful. Uh, and he tried to talk me through it. Uh, SoundJack has been around for 10 years or longer. I mean, some of the videos showing the technology date to 2007. Wow. Incredible. All of this technology has been sitting there waiting to be used. So, uh, but he helped me through it, but I still didn't understand the benefit of it. We didn't actually make music together. We just worked on connections. Wendy was the first person I made music with and she got on and she was saying, it's working, it's working. So I said, Wendy, get me on it. And she did. So uh, there's, when you read the papers about how to use this, it can make it feel somewhat clinical. Like, how is this really mm-hmm. going to benefit me? So you have to find that person who's already on it, and then they kind of bring you in. And mm. that is, that's how you're probably going to work on it. And it was miraculous. When we first heard it, I realized, oh, it sounds really good. And everything we had done in clean feed, we could do in SoundJack a little bit better. And the latency okay. went down. It was very adjustable. So that was a wonderful discovery. Wendy, what, what, is, what was your experience with, with SoundJack? 
Yeah, I found once I heard that it was an option, um, I was I was so desperate to sing or try to hear live music. I was I'll, I'll read anything. I'll watch any tutorial. Uh, the tutorials are easy to follow. I thought there there may have been updated now, but there were five. And I just watched one or two a night. And I said, don't try to become an expert in one night. Watched a little bit and slowly set things up. And then as Eden already described, we got together. Um, one of the things that, you know, I've learned in this process, I think we all have, is that you watch the tutorials, you do your setup, then you need to just get on with Soundjack with someone and say, can we make a time to try to get this connected? Mm -hmm. Because you're going to need somebody who's already connected to kind of talk you through some of the specifics, because it's not a one size fits all. What we discovered mm -hmm. the first time is that... I, the latency was pretty high, and uh, again, none of this would happen without Ian. Ian has spent so many hours with me. I don't know where he has the time. But we discovered I have an old computer, and it's a dual core. I didn't even know what that was. I'm not sure I still do. <laughs> I know I don't have a lot of CPU processing power now, which is a new term for me. So um, I it was recommended that I invest in a fast music box or a new computer. Well, I don't have the mm -hmm. money for a new computer, so I got one of these fast music boxes for less than $200. I got the equipment. I put it together. It takes like eight minutes, maybe. It's easy. You get the software, you download it, and uh, then try to hook that up. That was something specific I had to do to make it work. Once we did that, Eden and I had lower latency. Um, but that's the... And then I was able to start rehearsing with my pianist. I told him, he's not my pianist, he's a pianist. We work together. Um, <laughs> and I said, why don't you try to hook this up and maybe we'll practice? And he did. And and he's only 40 miles away where Eden is 889. So we are able to once a week get online and practice our jazz stuff together. We wow. don't see each other. We don't have video, okay, because he's got an old computer too. But we're listening and it's fine. Mm -hmm. The biggest takeaway that I took from that and I take away from all the posts on the Facebook page and Ian's page is that you can't just watch the tutorials and think Soundjack's going to work. What kind of audio interface you have, what kind of mic you have, how old your computer is, there's all kinds of little tweaking little things you got to get in the weeds there and he's i think putting together kind of a paper right now to help mm -hmm. us get through the weeds after yeah, we've all gone through this but um just know that those what he's put out initially is the basics and then you're going to have to kind of it's like building a house and then you have to decorate it so <laughs> It's a great analogy. Now, Wendy, uh, I wanted to ask you, you're teaching um, in the, uh, you've got two positions. You're a junk teacher mm. at two universities. Mm -hmm. uh, how is this technology going to be used with your students in the upcoming season? Well, w w tomorrow we start. I'm starting them on Zoom. I've sent them my Zoom room and password, and we're going to have our lessons on Zoom. And then um, I've got a little chart over here, and my private students come back today. So I've got a little chart over here, and wow. today I'm going to say, what what, what device are you on? Are you on a computer, a laptop, or a telephone? Um, do you have an audio interface? My college students will. My, Of course, my private students are not going to. Um, do you use a PC or a Mac? And I'm going to take what kind of mic do you have? And I'm going to go through all of that. And then I'm going to go through all the stuff that Ian has put out and all the stuff I've, you know, learned and try to put together what technology is going to work best for them. So if it's clean feed and Jitsi, great. If it's clean feed and, and uh, Zoom or if it's just Zoom or it's Facebook Messenger, that's what we're going to do. Um, with my college students, we will be using 
clean feed probably in all likelihood and one of the video platforms that's going to work just fine and I have an uh, a jazz vocal ensemble, huh? the very first one oh, at the One College, wow. and it's 100% online. So I worked with a platform called Soundtrap this summer. I, I myself did a vocal workshop partially just because I needed something to do, and also I wanted to learn, like, how are they going to teach us vocal jazz as a group online? So we, we use this platform called Soundtrap and we recorded, the stems were in there and we recorded and then we would weed out the guide tracks and listen to each other. Well, I had my students audition over the weekend using that. I gave them 24 hours and I said, you have to learn. I, you know, I put the stems in there, the accompaniment and the guide tracks. And then I was able to listen to them. And there's a chat feature in there which is really fun because somebody Ooh. I could see so-and-so joined the project and they recorded, they would send me a chat and say, okay, I just recorded that section. What do you think? So I'll go listen to it and then I can chat back and say, I need you to energize those consonants a little bit. You're li- you need to be on the front end of the beat, whatnot. But then at the end of all of that, I can export those tracks, send them to the audio engineer at the school who will then mix them. And hopefully we, I'm, my, we are going to have a virtual performance. If it's the last Aww. thing, I am going to work my butt off. But they, they actually were having fun. They said, whoa, this is actually fun. And they were learning about recording and they were listening to Mm -hmm. themselves and when I would mention in just a little phrase go back and listen to that boy they would record it five six times and and so I will actually continue to use this after this is over because this is proving to be a wonderful tool for teaching them how to record themselves listen closely and make changes so when the pandemic is over I will use this partially and in person. I'm going to use a little bit of both. That's exciting. Thank you for that. So that's Soundtrap. I always put links on our podcast and in our show notes to all of the the information. So I will definitely include that. And I'm curious. I'm like, hmm, that could be fun this season. There's an institutional, there's an educational license that's a little bit more expensive, but it offers more privacy. But there's also a free account. I just business expensed it up and I went and bought the lowest amount I could buy, which was 50 seats for, uh, I think it's $249. So I'm going to work on it with my college students. And if it works out well, I might even get some of my middle school and high school students in there. I've got 50 seats. I can create groups so Brilliant. that's my plan for teachers who are you know private this is the kind of thing where you can get your entire studio collaborating uh, this is for teachers who are in a public environment who are wondering what am I going to do they're telling me I have to have all of these people in a zoom room together and that's all I can do this kind of collaboration can substitute for that so wonderful we, we hear about that, that there are some things that are good options if you have one-on-one lessons. Some are good for small groups. But for our friends who are expected to teach a giant amount of people, think like Eric Whitaker mm. and, and do some of the things he does. Have them record those small parts so that way they have the thing to do, have them listen back. They're going to improve uh, as they do it over and over again. Have them send you mm-hmm. stuff on the apps. Use those apps to the best of your ability, and that will, will keep your program going. Oh, I love it. Now, Eden, what how, for your private studio, how, what technology are you going to be embracing? How are you expanding um, the, the use of these new programs with your private students? 
uh, many of my students invested in a little bit of technology. So uh, they invested in a little bit of mics. They all got so either the Blue Yeti or a more traditional mic. Several of them got mixers. So because I'm private, I'm kind of tailoring it to each individual student. There are a few who I have suggested become podcasters. Yeah. Because, yeah. <laughs> They're so good on the mic. And they didn't know that. Mm. So I... So for some of them, some of them um, have been interested in songwriting, and I did some master classes uh, with songwriters because they were at home. So sure, uh, sure. we started songwriting circles online. Uh, some of them are uh, waiting to see if you know theatrical performances are going to happen. So we're making audition videos at home. So I'm using the technology that exists, but we're definitely upgrading the audio experience first. I'm worried more about that or focusing more on that than the video. But the video, I feel like there's so many good options that eh, either one, any of them will do. Uh, but the audio does take a little bit of thinking. Uh, several of them are making videos where they maybe are doing audio separately and then lip syncing to the video. Mm. And that's great mm -hmm. too. So I know sometimes I've seen online people ruefully say all of our theater programs and our music programs are becoming just movies and just recordings. Like just, that's a right. huge field. And we are preparing people for a performing career, which is going to include movies, television, video, and recordings. So learn it. Learn it to the best of your ability and let your students teach you if that's the case. My students have taught me a lot. Yeah. Good point. I, one, of the, um, one of the things I noticed in my teaching studio is just the process of recording themselves in a self-tape type of performance for our recital leveled up their abilities and how many of them you know, remarked that, wow, I had to sing that several times before I was happy with it. And as a seasoned recording studio artist, I'm like, yeah, and? So, <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think, um, I think we forget what a great opportunity this is for our students to learn a whole, a whole slew of new skills. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask, and, and one of the biggest takeaways from our conversation is how available you both are to your students to assist them in this. And um, how do you incorporate that into their lessons? So I'll, I'll start with Eden. So Eden, when you're helping your students to navigate, do you get the parents involved? Is there a conversation? How do you, how do you help them with all of this technology? Uh, for the, I'm mostly adults, but I do have some high schoolers and the parents, mostly it's a Zoom experience still. And okay. I understand that there's still a lot of overwhelm for the parents and that's a feeling sure, of, sure. I don't want to invest. I've had to say two or three um, high schoolers who've gone to the trouble of getting a little more equipment. And what I'll just say is to all of them is that when you get this new piece of equipment, I'll get online with you at any time for 10 minutes mm -hmm. and test it out with you or talk you through it. Um, I always let them send me recordings, you know, asynchronously. Um, I use Marco Polo for that sometimes or just any kind of you know, text messaging app. Uh, so that way we can hear it. So you don't have to wait for your lesson time to know if this works or not. Great. So I think it's important to be available and flexible with your studio as much as you can. You could have a technology um, office hour for anybody who wants Great to get idea. On. I did that really early on in the pandemic. I offered just basically get on and sing because I knew I had some students who had never tried Zoom. Sure. And 
Yeah, and I think you can offer that continually. Any, any new program you want to test, you know, sit on it for an hour. So if you're trying a new video program, get on it for an hour and send out a message to your students. Hey, I'm on here if anybody wants to test. And that's a great mm. invitation. And I think uh, if you teach young children, yes, you need to teach the parents how to do it first. So do it in a way that makes the parents happy and <laughs> reduces their, uh, their dread of, oh, no, it's another thing I have to learn. So sure. make it as fun as possible and really attractive to the parents so that way they realize. Because, you know, the kids are going to do it. The kids are mm -hmm. open to it. The kids are, oh, I, I can do that in two seconds. But if you have to have a parent involved, make it really exciting for them. Mm -hmm. Teach the whole family. Wendy, how are you supporting your university college students through all of this? Um, well, I, the first thing I did actually this morning, I was just compelled to send them all a letter saying, you know, welcome to the studio and we're in challenging times and we're going to rise. We will not be defeated. And, you know, and I, I shared with them that I have moments. I think one of the sentences I said, I have moments where I feel like this is going to rock. I'm stoked to do this. And then I said, and I turn around and I say to myself, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. I can't do this anymore. So I want you to know that's how I feel. But music heals and we have the opportunity to learn the skills that will make us valuable musicians um, as we've already addressed it's not just standing in front of people and singing it's your online presence it's your recording skills it's being able to be present in front of a camera so we're going to we're going to develop authenticity we're going to go through this together we're going to journey together we're going to hold each other up when somebody feels weak and um, your first lesson is a technology lesson we're going to vocalize a little bit I'm going to check you out we're going to uh, see what we might want to work on and we're just going to check on what tech you have and we're going to I'm going to answer any questions you have we'll test some things out and uh, we'll, we'll move from there and if during the semester we feel like something is not working we'll we'll readjust and I just wrote down Eden's idea of a tech office hour I think that's brilliant so mm -hmm. I will steal that and give you all the credit Eden because that's <laughs> that's really wonderful because that's kind of what we've been doing with each other it's like I'm going to get on Saturday at three if you're around you know like let's let's do it and um, I think I need to offer that for my students but I'm going to keep track of what they've got and and help them you know, the best that I can. And knowing that I told them, I said, I won't have the answers. And you're going to probably find solutions to things that I didn't find. And I will welcome your input as well. So we're going to be a team in this. And your students, right, Wendy, will take your lead. Right. If you're enthusiastic about technology and say, well, we're just going to try it, then they will too. If you give off the vibe that uh, I'm just going to do this until we can be in person again, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you will sink it. And it will be really, really hard for your studio to get behind it. Uh, so go into it with as positive an attitude as you can muster. When you have days that are really frustrating, then get online and talk about how frustrated you are, but get online, right? That's okay. I've seen plenty of those videos. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I just made one. Uh, so it's okay to be really frustrated about it. It's okay to have setbacks, but you have to keep going. You have to keep going. And your students need to see you do it, right? Mm. You're teaching valuable lessons when you're doing this, just as much as when you're teaching Kato Mioban or anything else. Well, you know, what happened to me the other day as I was, um, I was teaching, I've learned that if you adjust, like if a mic or something, at least for on my end, if a mic gets unplugged and you try to plug it back in mid-session or switch gear, there's feedback and buzzing and everything. So I was teaching a lesson the other day, and my biggest uh, issue now is I have all these cords, and I cross my leg, and my mic 
cord is right here. And I, my leg got caught in and it pulled out. I was like, wait, wait. I was signaling, don't go. And I plugged it in. There was buzz. And then I muted myself, chatted. I said, we need to move to Zoom because I've screwed this up. So let's just go over there right now. And we'll, and then I said, your teacher pulled out the mic and now the sound is messed up. So let's just finish here and um, chalk it up to, you know, my clumsiness. <laughs> it is also okay to expect your students to meet a certain level of technology mm. can give them enough time to assimilate it, to test it out. But if they are not able to get there and you believe that it is a, an enthusiasm issue, mm. it is okay to insist on it, I think. I think you so have too. to work within your department, of course. Uh, but if you're a private teacher and you know because you've tested it that lessons improve because you're using CleanFeed instead of Zoom or because you have this different kind of connector and you know that it reduces the bandwidth and so that it's going to help your lower broadband students. You know this technology and you know the benefits. If they still won't come along with you, you can make other decisions. Well, and I, I want to say that, you know, Eden, that's so spot on because we've realized at the colleges that we need to have more computer literacy. So if we're going to and so we're going to start demanding more of that, we're going to go back to making music the same, you know, in person, mm -hmm. but we're going to be incorporating this computer and this technology moving forward. So if we're trying to prepare students for careers and colleges, we've got to insist on it at some point, at some level, we have to help them embrace it and learn enough that they have the, the literacy to, to work in college. When I see people online talking about how, well, my, I'm losing half my studio because the parents say it's just not the same as in person. That has mm -hmm. nothing to do with the tech issues, mm -hmm. right? It's really about your enthusiasm, their enthusiasm, your comfort level and theirs. How well have you led that student into this new world? Mm. If you can't do it, then you should get somebody who can and get them to teach you and your entire studio. Mm. You get on Zoom and you say, okay, we're going to have this class where this person is going to lead me through this thing I don't know and we're all going to learn it. And then you record it and you send it out with your confirmation emails. So basically, you know, plug the holes in that leaky <laughs> boat so that way you stay afloat. Mm -hmm. That's image. I like that. But um, mm -hmm. does it work? Yes, that works. I can't guarantee that if you if you learn all this technology that you're going to save everybody in your studio. But you know what? You're never going to save everybody in your studio. Studios always have turnover. People graduate, people move on. Mm -hmm. And they might use the tech as an excuse. Well, I'll just see you when we're in person. Well, they're not going to see anybody, right? So um, you can you know, get your studio to a point where the connection works for like 96, 97% of the people. And it can be satisfying for you and satisfying for your students. And it doesn't take a lot of money and it doesn't take a lot of time. It takes courage. Mm -hmm. And I remind my students that it's not, it's, it's just different. It's not good or bad. I, there are things that I have learned during this pandemic, as I've already mentioned, technologically speaking, I will continue to do. I'm going to continue to keep uh, some of these platforms in use and pair it with on uh, in-person teaching because I've there are you know listening things. I don't think I've been spending enough time on that in my lessons and and if I require them to make a recording, now they're listening and they're having fun doing it. It doesn't feel like a chore. So my students are going to be better by using 
all of this. And uh, I just, I think just hearing Eden talk about all the things that she's done already and and you guys both doing the online recitals, I'm going, oh my gosh, I suck. I haven't done this yet. I haven't done. And I was like, wait, Wendy, breathe. You're doing what you can do right now. Everybody needs to also know that what what they can do right now is what they can do right now. And Eden and I have, we've worked on Jam Kazam. She's had success with it. I haven't. I'm not giving up on it, but I know that now I'm in school mode. So it might be when school is out before I really have time to go back and look at that and try to get that to work. So I'm going to work really hard at not feeling I'm a failure because I haven't tested all of the um, platforms yet. I've tested the ones I need and I'm going to move forward right now with what I know. There can be so much FOMO around this, right? Don't let yourself get into that. I mean, I fall into it too, but you have to be really careful. Don't worry about the FOMO. So there are about what, seven or eight really good low latency options. Soundjack is one of them. Jamulus, Jam mm-hmm. Sam, uh, Jack Trip are just four that I know about. And there are several others kind of coming into being right now. Some are meant to be done with a larger group of people in rehearsal. And all of them are being tested. It's just like all the other tests in our life, right? They're being, in de- they're being developed right now. They're get- getting developed. Um, the b- most stable is Soundjack. Uh, and so that's why we, you're hearing about that more than anything else. And it also has a level of anonymity, which can be very nice if you're in an academic environment. Soundjack mm. just has more of that built in. Jam Kazam, which I actually tested years ago, but it didn't seem to work, uh, is a little more uh, like Facebook for musicians or Facebook for music makers because you fill out a profile, you can put your picture in there, and you can talk about the kind of people you want to collaborate with. So it's like, you know, this really weird matching system. And... It didn't work, but then all of a sudden it started working for me. And I had the thrill of playing for a clarinetist in Barcelona. And he just had a room open and anybody could come in and play. So he had very good English. We had a great talk. We did um, Moonlight in Vermont or something like that. Moonlight Serenade, that was it. And I couldn't get it to record. So you're just going to have to take my word for it that it was a fantastic half hour. (laughs) And he had only been on the program for three days. So, and he teaches at a um, a conservatory in Barcelona. So I never would have had that experience except for Jam Kazam. So that's really great Mm -hmm. that I could find him, uh, you know, know, like, and trust really fast. And we had a really good time. So each one of these programs has a benefit. It has a drawback. Jam Kazam's recording was terrible. Uh, But they just put out an email today that they're working on some issues in their system. Basically, the program had not been updated for five years. And then in the middle of the pandemic, the developers began to update it. So Soundjack and Jam Kazam, to me, are two pretty great systems. Uh, But Nats has a bunch of, if you're a member of Nats, has a bunch of Facebook groups to try out all these different programs and to talk about their different benefits and how it can benefit you. You go to each website. You start Googling um, I have a problem with Jam Kazam. You name your problem and you're going to find five different solutions. You watch every video that you can. It doesn't take long, um, but you start to make yourself um, your own expert. You know, in a plane crash, right, whoever has a Band-Aid becomes the doctor and whoever <laughs> mm-hmm. has a lighter becomes the cook. Mm-hmm. And so in a pandemic, whoever watches the videos becomes the tech expert. Mm-hmm. So be the tech expert. It doesn't take very long and you will feel so much better when you know even a little bit about how all of this works, and then you can go help somebody else and get them to where you were a week ago. Mm-hmm. So, as much as we'd like to think this time period, this is going to be over or something, no, this is how it is. So go ahead and embrace it. It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Eden and Wendy, thank you for this 
such an inspiring conversation. I know that uh, I know that you are going to um, give the courage and inspiration to teachers all over to part of their professional development will now become uh, learning about recording, learning about low latency, uh, enhancing their studios with new technology, and then, of course, being able to help their students to embrace it. I cannot thank you enough for being guests on the podcast. Um, Now, I will put links to your information in the show notes Eden, you are now offering uh, tech consults through your website. Can you tell everybody a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, Just taking what we know, because we're a little further ahead than maybe uh, an absolute beginner who just realized it's August and they have to get everything set up in two weeks, (laughs) or whose college just moved from hybrid to completely online. So all of a sudden, there's more of a need for this. So uh, yes, you can set up a half an hour appointment with me. Uh, First, we will cry. Then we will (laughs) talk about what you need to do to get set up. Chances are very good that a lot of that information has already hit your inbox, but you didn't Mm -hmm. have to look at it the way you have to now at this time period. So you're trying to decide between options. I can help you decide what's right for you and what's right for your students. Uh, You need to figure out how do I start doing the basic troubleshooting on my computer to get things set up? What kind of equipment do I need? I can help talk you through those options. I will put that information on the the show notes. And I want to thank both of you so much for your time and for your passion and your courage. And thank you for leading the way and giving people the strength to to become uh, tech experts. A very special thank you to Eden and Wendy for sharing their honest and inspiring experiences. If you would like to check out two really well done, incredible teaching websites, please uh, check out their professional pages for some inspiration. You can find all of their information and the platforms mentioned in the show notes on the show page. There are so many fun and educational music teaching apps. Our technology expert, Takenya Battle, is sharing her all-time favorite music education apps for your teaching studio. Welcome back to the podcast, Takenya. How are you? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I am doing fantastic. I'm always excited to speak with you. I always learn fantastic new things and you always send me uh, some really great information. Today we're talking about music education apps. Everybody's always asking, what are your favorite apps? What are your apps that you use? You have some great ones that you use with both your piano students and your voice students. Absolutely. Even though some of these apps we're talking about today may be primarily geared towards pianists, my vocalists use them as well. Hey, hey, big win. (laughs) So some of my favorites are Piano Maestro Mm -hmm. and Piano Maestro is made by Joy Tunes. Mm -hmm. They also make Simply Piano. And I love Piano Maestro because I can give students an assignment that usually comes directly from their lesson book, or they have an opportunity to explore on their own and continue to learn. Now, I can tell you the way I use this for my vocalists is the app actually listens to you. So if they're not singing the correct note at the correct time, (gasps) the app gonna be like, "Mm -mm, girlfriend, try again. You know? Wow. Okay. That's, (laughs) That's cool. 
Absolutely. I, I love that my singers still get use out of this. And, you know, as a as a singer, you want to be able to have the ability to delve, even if it's just putting your toe in the water. You, abs- you want to be able to operate in the piano world as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Another app I love. If you want to incorporate that, you want to get people to remember to look ahead as a musician when you're looking in mm. the music. So one one app that I use to get them to look forward is the it's called the most addicting sheep game. And the the goal of this one is to get the sheep to make it to the end of the race. But you have to touch the screen at the right time. So he hops (gasps) over these obstacles. So do you have the rhythm? Can you find the beat? Can you get the sheep to the end of the race? If not, oh. he falls in perpetuity and then you get another life. So it's like ongoing. I love so that, that one works. Yeah, that one you can help your, your readers read mm. and keep rhythm. Uh, another one I love is Note Rush. And this can be used on Apple and iOS devices for a nominal mm-hmm. fee. This one works with teaching sight reading, ear training. And again, it works with those singers. You got to get them singing, right? Um, Note Rush, uh, you can use this in screen shares if you're doing your online lesson. Oh, that's a great one. It, it just makes it so much easier. If you're doing group lessons for Note Rush, it pop. you know, you show it on your screen and the mm-hmm. first kid that plays the note triggers it to be like, yay, you're winning. Yay, you're awesome. Oh, wonderful. And I think finally, one that I really, really, really love, and this one's like free 99. You don't have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. Again, works on all Apple and all uh, PC devices, Android and iOS. You're good to go. It's called Meludia. Oh, it's just, it's just fun to say Meludia, Meludia. Okay, so <laughs> if you are of if you are of a certain age, such as myself, <laughs> I'm about to tell it on myself. But if you are of a certain age and you remember the game, Simon Says. With like the red and the green and the yellow and the blue squares that you kind of had to touch. Meludia operates kind of in that same vein. Oh, You have to touch the screen and play back what you heard. Mm -hmm. And the difficulty continues to increase as you progress through the game. So is it like an ear training? Straight up ear training. Absolutely ear training. You can do it by scales, by uh, pentatonic scales. You can set it to be different instrument voicings. It, it's got a lot of give in it. Desktop application on your phone, just wherever you are. So this is something that I tell my voice students, especially to download and just give it a go. Let me know. How'd you do? Was it fun? They enjoy it. This works mm-hmm. for kids, adults, everybody. Oh, these are wonderful. Takenya, thank you. I'm going to put links to uh, all of these apps on the show notes. I'm also going to put a link to your information because as my listeners now know, you are helping teachers to make peace with technology and to make it a really viable part in their studios. So if you have not yet followed Takenya on Instagram and all the other socials, please do so. So Takenya, give everybody your your handle for for these socials. Sure thing. You can find me at Kenya's Keys. Just happens to be a country in Africa. I don't know if you've heard of it. Never been there myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's a good way to students. remember 
Yeah, thank absolutely. You. It works. Thanks. A very special thank you for to Kenya. And you can find to Kenya on the socials at Kenya's Keys. Now, I wanted to mention, if you're looking for the most addicting sheep game, they've actually changed the name to the most amazing sheep game. It's a recent change. But you can find links to all of these wonderful apps in the show notes. Promoting your teaching studio on these social platforms is more than just posting inspirational quotes and funny memes. Our social media expert, Karen Michaels, is going to inspire you to start using more live video to share your awesome sauce about your studio. Welcome back to the podcast, my social media genius, Karen Michaels. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Wow. I'm getting called a genius at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm <laughs> loving that. That's a good way to start the day. <laughs> well, I, I, the, it's the least I can do for your early morning interviews with me. Um, so today we're talking about live video and mm. using live video for our social presence. So, yes. so, oh. I, and okay, can we just start off with how important video is, live video is for your profiles? I, if someone said, what is the most important thing you can do for growing your business and growing your account, I would, I could say, go live on your accounts. And that could be the end of our conversation. That's <laughs> how important it is. It's, the top number one, two, and three. Wow. I feel okay. like I say it over and over. So I'm excited to talk about it today. But you know, there's always a hesitation. Everybody feels yes. a little self-conscious. Of and, course. And you know what? Listen. I've had COVID hair. Like I <laughs> that's my big thing. It's like I haven't had a haircut in in five months. And so and I, yes, me too. <laughs> I like went and had my hair blow dried on Saturday for a family event. And oh. I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. This feels like, I feel like I'm like a movie star because I haven't been in a salon <laughs> since February, right? Oh my, oh my gosh. gosh. Yes. But you know what? Listen, so if it was only, if, if, if Nikki was the only one having COVID hair, then maybe it could be uncomfortable, but we're all in this together. That's, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I was about to say that's the beauty of this, but you know what? It's so much better to go through these things, right? We're going through it as a, as a global community. And so I, I see it as when I see another person either getting up there and, and talking about important things and, and being themselves, I am just, it, I just, they pull me in. It's mm. so important, right? And so, and it tells me, it inspires me to get up and get out there and do my thing because maybe what I'm going to say is going to be important or helpful or relevant to somebody else. So I, I always agree. go back to that service thing, right? Like you're really helping people. And isn't that the, the main goal of what we want to do? We're always helping people when we get out there and share and sell and talk about what we're doing because mm. it's important. Mm -hmm. I love it. Yeah, I love it. So, so um, now can we just talk about, we're talking about going live. So this is yes. live video versus, versus mm -hmm. I, 
I record something, I edit it, it ha- it's looks beautiful, and then I upload it. So live, right. we're talking live video. We are. Now, I, I want to say it's not bad to go to have a curated video. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong or bad at all. And if that's mm-hmm. your comfort zone, if that's how you can begin, then do that for mm-hmm. sure, right? Get used to doing that. But I will say that the platforms love when people go live because other people love watching that. Right. It, it's it's human nature. We never know what's going to happen. We never know what someone's going to say. There's like a different energy about the mm. whole thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and, and it draws us in, right? Sure. Like that's why when a newscaster, think about it in terms of the news. When a newscaster goes live, hi, the storm is coming and he's looking at the cloud and then they pan to the cloud and then the, and everyone's like, right. oh my God. you know, it's like crazy as opposed to, you know, the lovely woman in the, or, or gentleman in the, in the newsroom and they're showing the picture of it. Right. It's, you still see it, you know, it's coming, but there's a different level of energy and we can utilize that energy to bring people to our platforms. Mm-hmm. I love and, it when, uh, I love it when teachers, like I get to see inside their studios. Yes. Like I love, I love when teachers are are in their studios, and I get to see their how they've set up their studio. Like I, I really just it, you're kind of getting an inside glimpse. It's I find it more personal, and I feel that there's more of a connection when I get to see yes. those little behind the scenes things. I love that. I love that connection is the most important thing. It's the whole point of what we're doing, right? And and that's the thing, Nikki, is that, and I'm so glad you brought that up. You don't even have to be in the video. I mean, mean? let that sink in, right? Like you can do here's my space and just talk and not even be in it. You can do it in your pajamas with (laughs) your (laughs) pandemic hair and it's okay. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Yes. It's so important. It's so good. I love it. Now, what are some of the best practices for our live videos on the different platforms? What would you, how would you lay that out for us? So, so first of all, for all the platforms, we want to have really good lighting. You can get one of those fun ring lights. They're, they're everywhere on Amazon, right? A little one, a bigger one. You can stand in front of a window and have just, Mm. you want your face to be lit so that people can clearly see you and clearly hear you. So you want to use I mean, as even today, I'm just using a little headset, right? As we talk. So you want to have a, um, headphones and a, and a microphone for, um, best okay. sound right now. Remember if you're out at an event, maybe you can't do that. It's okay. We, no one expects Karen, no one expects me to go live on Facebook and have broadcast quality going on. No one expects that. That would just be right. That would be silly. Mm -hmm. So, but do the best you can. They definitely want to see you. We want good lighting. We want good sound. And then um, maybe make a little um, bullet points of what you want to talk about and have that on a piece of paper or your iPad next to your, next to wherever you're going live on your computer or on your phone. And um, a selfie stick is helpful if you're doing a phone so that that way you're not holding the phone so that you can Mm. use your hands and feel sort of normal with your hand gestures. And then for Facebook, you can actually, it's crazy. You can go live for like 24 hours actually, because people have done that for like (laughs) telethon things or, or when they're, excuse me, when they're doing a launch or something like that. But, but best practices are like five to 20 minutes for Facebook. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Instagram live, which I, well, you just did one the other day. Instagram live is fabulous. You can go live for 50. Well, it's actually one hour, but when I was on a, um, a, a podcast, I mean, a Instagram series, um, she went live for 55 minutes so that that way okay. there was always like, it was comfortable to say goodbye to the guest and, and we could mm-hmm. hang up and it wasn't weird and she could do a little close out. Um, so 55 minutes is a really good practice time for Instagram live as a maximum amount of time, minimum two to five minutes is probably a best practice for minimum. And then okay. um, LinkedIn has been rolling out going live. And so that I want to say, I believe that that is 20 minutes. Um, it might be longer for bigger accounts, shorter for smaller accounts. So just, I would say if you're going to go live on LinkedIn, use the five to 10 minute rule and you'll be fine. Cause it, it won't be, mm-hmm. it won't be shorter than that. So yeah, right. I mean, it's amazing. People want to see these people want to see us. They want to know what we're doing. They want to know how we're thinking. And it's like I said, it's just inspiring and helpful to them. So, and you just can't buy, you could never afford to buy the ad time that you'll get with a live video. The algorithm will love you. I love it. Uh, Karen, thank you so much. This is this is really helpful information. And for those of you who Great. have been thinking about getting out on doing some lives, even, I mean, there's so many things you could talk about. You could talk about, you know, how excited you are for the upcoming season. You could, yep. you could share, you know, you could do it. Maybe you did a reno or a, an update in your studio. You could mm-hmm. share your studio. Uh, what a great way to connect with your, with your studio and with your families and your clients. Absolutely. Especially now that we're not seeing each other all the time. I mean, I feel like for me, I'm not seeing my parents as much because if anyone comes in the studio, they they only just pop in and and then leave because I'm only having, you know, one person in the Mm -hmm. studio at a time if I'm live. live and in person. So it's a great way to connect with your families and let them know, you know, what you're thinking of what you're doing and how you're serving their students. Oh, great tips. Well, thank you so much for those wonderful tips. And uh, we will have you back talking about other things, all the things social on on another episode. I love it. You know how much I love it, girl. Thanks for having me. Karen Michaels is the social butterfly guru. Visit her Facebook group to learn more. If recent world events are inspiring you to consider starting your own independent teaching studio, or if you're getting stuck in the weeds of running a business that is not serving you, well, you, my friend, are listening to the right podcast. We are starting a five-part series all about running your own teaching studio with our good friend, voice teacher, and business expert, Michelle Marquardt-DeVoe. Now, heads up, listeners, there is a little bit of crackle and a little bit of distortion on this track. We were having some technical challenges the day that we were recording this, but I guarantee there are still some fantastic takeaways in this interview. Welcome back to the podcast. My friend, my colleague, my sister from another mister, <laughs> Michelle Marquardt DeVoe. How are you? I am fabulous. I'm really glad to see you. We it's, haven't seen each other in a super duper long time. I know. We were supposed to see each other at the convention, but... We were. That did not happen. However, 
I was in attendance to your presentations and they were amazing. Thank you. I did not know you were there. I was. I feel like you've heard me say so many things. So it's encouraging to know that apparently I can keep my content fresh and relevant. You know, well, when it comes to business content, I think, well, I think two things. One, common common sense is not common practice. So it's always good to, to review the information. And I also find that I have to digest it like in, in slowly. So I can only implement so much at a time and then I have to come back and review. That's the same. There are things to that point. There are things that I'm implementing in my business in quarter four of 2020 that I learned about and started dreaming about in like, I think, quarter two of 2018. Oh, yeah. Wow. So it's like, um, you learn about a thing. I really like this process. It's like, it's like, grow. you love gardening. You're a fantastic gardener. Well, I love I'm seeing a lucky your, gardener. Well, I love watching your garden grow. And, um, <laughs> but that's like businesses, right? And sometimes I know, cause you know, I love wine. And I love the process of winemaking. And in the process of winemaking, if you don't already know, is uh, vineyard owners and grape growers, there are cycles that they'll just f- dig out all of the vines, just take them all wow. out, completely start over, not with like your old, old, old vine and root stock with like Zinfandels and stuff, but there will be times, and this is also in other agriculture where you you literally pull everything out, you till everything, you mess it all up and tear it all up and you just let it sit fallow. Mm. You just let it sit. And then, you know, you plant a seed and that seed doesn't necessarily grow right away. So we have our neighbor has an avocado tree. Mm. And avocados this is so fascinating. An avocado tree will not produce an edible avocado for like seven years wow so you plant the avocado tree it starts to grow and grow and you don't even get the the you don't get literally the fruit of your labor for seven years Mm. and I love I love plants as an analogy to business because it's so true and we keep watering and watering and watering. Water is the same thing. It's a, it's not like we change up the water, mm-hmm. but we keep watering that plant. So that would be like the information you get from a business coach or the content maybe that you've heard 700 times. It's just water and water and water on like this plant of your business. And then you change stuff up, right? Like it grows and then you're, you're mm-hmm. ready to implement different, maybe an additive to the water. Or maybe adjusting the amount and all of this. So that's a great, that's great feedback. Because I will, I will admit sometimes it's like, oh, are people tired of hearing this yet? Like, I feel like sometimes I say, I speak, you know, that's kind of the point of marketing, right? Is you, you Mm -hmm. have your key messages and you're continually talking about the things you're an expert on so that people can get to know that you know what you're talking about and trust you and go to you, know, know you're there for them. Um, but sometimes 
from the inside of our heads, we go, oh, I feel like I always talk about that. Is that still relevant? So for all you voice teachers out there, because I know there's been weeks where the only thing you taught was like the shape of a vocal tract on an eval <laughs> on an F4. Right. Whenever you feel like, gosh, haven't I said this a million times? Be encouraged. Yes, you have. And you need to say it a million more. <laughs> well, it's true. It's true. And and again, we get we get weary. We get weary or we or we assume that people know what we know. That guilty. Guilty. Now today I wanted I, I've well, first of all, you are our expert business guru and you always bring wisdom and awesomeness to uh to the the episodes and to our podcast, and there is certainly uh, a lot of um, a lot of stresses now on people. And one of the things that I've noticed is that um, there's a lot of teachers who are now embarking due to COVID and due to maybe their situation has changed. Uh, I see a lot of people on our forums and a lot of even my local colleagues who maybe worked for a multi-teacher studio who now see that I can't do that anymore. I need to do something. They've decided to rip apart the land and replant their businesses. So they're trying to start a business and they just are so overwhelmed. It is overwhelming. So can can we talk today about what you need to start a business? You really only need three things to start a business. And that's what's really ex actually exciting. So you need a client, you need an offer, and you need a way to handle money. Zooming out like this is something that I encourage everybody to do. Because what Business owners or what people's embarking on a business, especially, you know, God bless Facebook forums and God bless Nats and God bless blogs like that I write and God bless us all for all of the information that we can vomit upon to you <laughs> about how to start a business and what you need. But I'm going to tell you what, if you get into those weeds when you are starting your business, you will never start your business. Mm-hmm. You got to get out of the weeds because you don't even know what the weeds are yet because you don't have a business yet. So all you need, client, offer, way to handle money. So what does this mean? This means you have to have a person who wants what you do. You have to have an offer because that means you have to be able to package what you do so that someone can want it. Mm -hmm. And... You got to figure out a way to ethically and easily and in a streamlined manner handle money. So how are you going to literally get paid? How are you going to budget? How are you going to handle refunds? Right? So if you can just decide when you're starting out, what am I going to sell? How am I going to sell it? And I would say this. We can dip, dig into this in another episode, but this idea of an offer, it, don't sell voice lessons. Like you're mm. not, don't, don't go there. Don't be like, oh, I'm selling voice lessons. Because if you do that, it's not going to be like sexy enough to kind of get someone to fork over some money. Cause, cause that's mm. who knows what that is, right? There, there's just always this picture in people's minds about what we do. Um, yeah. And then you find a person to offer it to and then you make some decisions. 
about how you're going to handle the money. And if you break it into those three things, then you can then backwards engineer, okay, what do I really need to get started? Mm. Right? So for example, okay, I need a client. Well, I don't know how to find a client. Great. So that means that I need to do some networking or I need to put in a Google ad or I need to create a website or, right? Like you can pick one thing that will help Mm -hmm. you achieve that goal or three things that will help you achieve that goal. You know, you need an offer. Okay, great. Well, I got to have something to sell. Well, I should start thinking about how I want to package my services because really the voice teaching that we do and the piano teaching or whoever's listening, um, the teaching that we do is really just the service. It's Mm. not the offer. Oh, that's a good point. You know, so the offer is how you package your service. And we, again, let's get into that at another time. But you got to figure out, okay, great. I know I need an offer. So how am I going to package this? Am I going to do it in drop-in only, paper service? Am I going to do three months at a time and then two weeks off? Am I going to do 15-minute lessons for everybody three times a week? You know, whatever. How am I going to figure that? And then with the money stuff, open up your bank account that is separate from your personal account. You don't even have to do that right away. Although I will say it will just make things a whole hell of a lot easier in the long run. So, you know, I would suggest doing that Um, depending on what nation you're listening from. There are different rules around, you know, like in the United States as a sole prop, I could open another personal account and just use it as a business account to start off until I decided to get my DBA and get licensed, you know, whatever. And then I could open an official air quotes business account. Um, Mm -hmm. Some, some nations don't allow that. So you got to check in there. Um, And then because we're all online, I would highly recommend some sort of online way to exchange money that gives you protection as a merchant. Mm. Um, You got to be careful with that just because services, you got to read the terms and conditions on these things, Mm -hmm. you know, like Stripe and PayPal and stuff, because the terms and conditions don't always cover services. Oh, very good point. So um, still, you'll have a better chance with a merchant focused uh, payment gateway than you will with a person to person gateway like Venmo, not really smart for business. Um, And here's why you can do it. Like, it's not like, it's not like someone's going to take you to the prison if you use Venmo. (laughs) But um, you know, let's say you use Venmo, someone pays you a thousand dollars for three months of whatever your offer is in, in Venmo land. If that person then says, well, I want my money back. Venmo will just give it back. No questions asked because it's person to person. Oh, like you have no claim to that money. Mm. That's an oversimplification, but it's to kind of make the point why it's wise to, um, build into your, uh, build into your costs and into your system, sure. a merchant services sure. payment gateway. Um, cause that's a lot of money to lose and you literally can't do anything about it. Okay. So I, I'm really glad that you brought this up because quite often, you know, people are thinking, and I see this and perhaps I might have done this in my early days is we're trying to avoid the fees. So everybody's uh-huh. that, 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 
2.4% or the per charge fee that the online money um, services charge. What would you say to people who are just trying to, to collect that money and avoid the fees? I just, okay, so I have strong feelings around, compassionate feelings, but strong feelings about this because if we are opening a business already trying to figure out how to not spend money on our business, that is setting us up for a huge amount of money issues, pricing issues, packaging issues. It is, you're not, it's not a business. You're not treating it like a business. So you, every business has operating expenses. Even if you're choosing to, even if someone is a hobbyist, it still has operating expenses, mm-hmm. right? Um, there is no such thing as a business that has no operating expenses. Boom. And even if you purchased, so I can hear, I can imagine someone being like, well, I already have my piano and I already have my books and I already have this. Great. Fantastic. You might not be spending, you know, startup costs right in the moment that you're starting your current voice studio, but you spent money on that piano or somebody did your parents or your friends or your whatever. Mm -hmm. You spent money on those books at some time, all of that money you spent to get yourself to this point of opening a business, whether it was 10 years ago and you never intended to use those things for your business doesn't matter. It's still money that was spent to give you the opportunity to, to do this business. So things like credit card fees, for convenience and for tracking and to have a payment gateway because all those fees go somewhere. Yes. You're paying a company to help you manage this money and help you manage this relationship with the bank, with, you know, bank, uh, the banks and then the other individuals, right. That the money is being exchanged with. I would, I would say just stop that right now. Hold, hold your horses <laughs> and you need to just, err. How many, how many ways can I say stop that (laughs) and get into the mindset of understanding how much it costs to run your business so that you can build that into your budget and therefore price appropriately. Ah, there it is. You're worried about 3% plus 30 cents on a transaction. You're not charging enough. That should not be the difference between you and dinner on your table. I mean, there's all these objections that people have about pricing correctly. And I just want to hold everyone in my arms after COVID with proper masks and social distancing (laughs) and touch their faces once we have vaccines and um, look into their eyes deeply and say, it has nothing to do with what you're worth. It has nothing to do with the market. It has to do with how much does it cost you to run your business, fulfill your goals, and make the money that you want and need to make. Start there, always. Brilliant. Again, you have a lovely, kind way of helping everybody face those business fears. And I do want to thank you. Now, this is, we're going to, Michelle and I were talking prior to recording and 
Michelle's going to come back on a regular basis, and we're going to be diving a little deeper into each one of these topics. So so if somebody's really keen on getting their business started right now, just looking at those three things is where they're going to reflect on that. And then next time, give everybody a little teaser. We're going to talk about ideal clients and why they matter. Okay. I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> All right. Michelle, thank you so much for being being here on our, our podcast and sharing your business savvy with all of us. I know that not only have you had an, a massive impact on my teaching studio, my business, but that you have helped people from around the world. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you. I'll see you next time. Next time on the podcast, Michelle will be continuing this conversation and we're going to be talking about finding your ideal client. A very special thank you to all my guests, Eden Castile, Wendy Jones, to Kenya Battle, Karen Michaels, and Michelle Marquart DeVoe. All the fun and funky music on our podcast is written and produced by my handsome husband, Sean Trotter. He's online, ladies. Do not try to steal him. Full Voice Music creates fun, educational music resources for young singers. And you want to visit our website and check out our new single song downloads. For only $10, you can download a fun, educational new song that your young singers will love. They include teaching strategies, backing tracks, full scores, and more. And yes, they are reproducible. My new favorite song is perfect for the Halloween season. It's called Dark and Dingy. It's written by Glenn Lehman. It is a wonderful song about a stormy night written from the perspective of a dog fun, fantastic music for your students. Now, next time on the podcast, our theme is warm-ups. That's right. We're diving into some fun, new, well, maybe new for you, uh, and exciting ways that we can challenge and engage with our students. So do not miss episode 128. My friends, my colleagues, as always, I am wishing you inspired teaching, low-leg internet connections, and happy singing. Made by Canoe Music Productions.